Hello and welcome back to Interface. This is the monthly podcast, especially for education professionals all about the digital world. If you're an educator, we are here to help you support the children and young people around you so you can play a part in keeping them safe, confident and happy in all that they do online. In this episode, we're talking about social media influencers. If you work with teenagers, it's likely you know a few aspiring influencers, TikTokers and content creators. We will give practical advice to better support them. Hi, I'm Iman Kellum. I'm a content creator and television presenter. Thank you for joining us today. Now, I'm definitely not an influencer. I'm not much of a creator. I'm not on TV very much either, but I'm excited to learn all about what it means to do these kind of things for your job. Ailish, one of our co-hosts, actually used to be a YouTuber. So I thought I would start off uh, today's conversation by asking you, Ailish, what was it like being a YouTuber? Well, it's a bit weird to say I was a YouTuber. I started YouTube when I was about 13 and I think I stopped when I was about 13. Some... Yeah. Uh, oh I, I used to do kind of beauty makeup videos, you know, the, the standard for girls my age. Um, and it was a bit weird. I used to love it. And then towards the end, especially high school, kind of uni time, it was just weird. It was an odd time. And also YouTube was kind of dying out at that time. So it wasn't as popular anymore to say you were a YouTuber, I don't think. Um, but that's what it was like for me, Iman. I don't, I'm not sure what it was like for you. Um, when did you start YouTube and how did you kind of find that with high school and growing up and stuff? Well, yeah, um, I started YouTube when I was 14 kind of as it was in its transitional period from like just us being in our bedrooms or our front rooms or wherever we were <laughs> um, talking about things to it becoming like this really mainstream industrial thing. So it, it's, it's been it's been very interesting to just see it all grow and change. It's, it's, it's been a crazy couple of years for sure, because I don't think any of us that were doing it would have thought it would, it would have become what it has become now. A lot has changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It started at like a hobby for so many people. And then for like the select few, it actually turned into a career, which didn't seem possible, I don't think. Yeah. So how did it go from the content you first started making? Was it kind of pranks, just normal challenges, the kind of normal YouTuber stuff? How did that turn into what you're doing now as a presenter like you're interviewing celebrities all the really big stuff how did that transition um it, it was kind of a thing where um right place at the right time and just things started to slowly snowball like uh, yeah I started when I was 14 um I'd been making videos they were like going like viral like on Facebook in my local area and all of that jazz and yeah, it was snowballing. And then I luckily I made a video of my dad, which went like crazy viral, like ridiculous, scary viral. Still, like, I watched the video. Is... I watched it. Yeah, it was funny <laughs> and slightly scary. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, the, thing, the things we do for the content, right? Was he okay about you putting it online then? Oh yeah, he was fine with it. He was fine with it afterwards. Yeah. Like he was totally fine with it. Because he know like we'd, we'd made other YouTube videos before that as well. So he knew it was like going online after I'd spoken to him about it. And it was like, all right, sure. But we didn't think it would have <laughs> traveled as far as it traveled. Like it went crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> did you see any changes when you're at school after that video was there anything that was different did like pupils or teachers was it just a different 
vibe going to school once you started becoming viral on YouTube? Um, yeah, I feel like the, there was definitely an energy shift from the teachers, you know. Um, it was a thing from the teachers. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, because I was I, I I was I was doing a lot of I was doing a lot of like community stuff in my area when I was like around that time as well. I'd literally just done some some like community stuff that had got me quite well known in my area alongside my videos. Um, so a lot of people like knew of me, and it was always like a lot of like love. There was there wasn't much negative energy in the air, um, and a lot of the kids were watching my videos before that video went. And done what it done because I'd shot some even though I wasn't meant to I'd shot some stuff in school like I tried go a, like a like it wasn't a ghost pepper sauce it was like a really hot sauce in school and like we recorded it and it was it was hilarious but yeah a lot of the kids in the school were already watching the videos and yeah um after that the teachers that like a lot of teachers started to find out I was doing it because kids were watching it them in like ICT lessons and all of that stuff and they were they they weren't really supportive but it was kind of a an interesting u-turn to say the least after the video went viral for sure so yeah yeah I, I was gonna say it was I always found it quite weird in school if like a teacher would tell me they watched my youtube because it was I remember I had this one teacher he was like just a grown man was like oh I watched your youtube and I'm like that's like a little bit weird <laughs> <but> okay <laughs> Sure. I don't know what you wanted to Beauty learn video from tip. my makeup Beauty, videos. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I was I was find it weird. Just like every not I'm sounds really big headed when I say like everyone in the school, but like when I knew people in the school knew about my YouTube, I got very embarrassed about it. I don't know if you felt the same or if that just meant that made you feel like more like confident or want to push further with it. But I felt the opposite. I was very much like. Mm, now that people know about it that I know I don't know if I want to keep doing this it's kind of a pushback for me do you think it was the right age to start I mean now that it's so much harder to get into yes but it did come with positives and negatives you know because I, I literally until COVID um happened until the pandemic had happened I'd been working non-stop since I was 14 just YouTube video I've been cranking up content for yeah pretty much 11, 12 years just consistently creating content. And yeah, it could become quite straining at times, but it's something I love to do. Like I love being able to create content or create stories that people can relate to. And I've loved doing that since I was younger as well. That Yeah, I think that's something a lot of people don't realise is I think a lot of people think it's really easy to be like an influencer, a content creator. Mm. I think a lot of people, like, you know, when Molly May said the whole, like, we've all got the same 24 hours oh, in the day type <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 I think I think a lot of people think it's just like one video that goes viral and mm -hmm. you're done. Whereas I feel like it's, all, it's it takes a lot of time, effort. It takes a lot of money as well for things like yeah. software, for editing, camera, equipment. Um, if you need, yeah. like stuff for the videos like it's not as easy as people think so if you do it you really have to like commit to it no 100 percent. um because after the viral like okay cool the viral video happened i'm in year 11 i'm doing a lot i was traveling a lot like doing like q and a's but after that i had to fit i had to focus on sick form and stuff like that and i feel like around that time it was like, whoa, okay, I've really got to take a step back and focus on schoolwork and stuff. So I did notice that like, yeah, there was a bit of a difference in like how much I was earning. And then also as well, like, especially because I was in a transitional period, um, I didn't want people to see me as the prankster. That's why I haven't actually pranked my dad again. I only pranked him the one time and, and that's it. 
um, I was in a transitional period. So it was kind of like taking a step back and trying to show people that that's not everything about me. There's a lot more to it. And it, it, it meant I had to build relationships in the direction I wanted to go in. So that meant like getting to know people for that work at movie studios and all of these things so I could take that step to do what I'm doing now, you know? So it's very it's, it's very entrepreneurial then, isn't it, really? If you're constantly thinking about where am I going, who, you know, how do I get there, on all those kind of people skills, research, I guess, as well, which, which probably isn't what your average, you know, 12-year-old thinks it's probably quite a different life to what they think it is. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I honestly, I'm 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 just so thankful because, like I said, I've been doing it since I was 14. I'm 25 now. If I if I if I were if I was 14 and I was to look at what I was doing now, I'd be like, whoa, like you actually done something different. And you've obviously you're obviously branching out now into lots of different type of activities, media, TV. Music, yeah, right, all that kind of stuff, fabulous. But Ailish, you went a different path, right? You kind of pulled back. So tell us about that. What, yeah, what was that about? Well, I think it was as I got to the kind of the end of high school, it was more just like, oh, is this embarrassing? Because it was when I look at my channel, it was videos of when I was like 14, 15 doing makeup, and as I was like finishing high school, I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Also, I didn't have, I didn't have like the time to do it anymore I was going to university because when I was doing YouTube it wasn't I wasn't making anything close to something I could live off of it was like a hobby it was a kind of part-time thing some of my YouTube friends they focused on it completely put all their time it became their full-time job and they have become really successful but I just kind of I didn't have like as much passion for it I guess to do it anymore and then when I got to uni and more people started finding out and I'm like oh this is really weird I remember it was my first lecture of university a girl sat in the row in front of me just turned around she's like I used to watch you on YouTube and then just turned back and I was like and I realized Mm. it never goes away it follows you everywhere (laughs) four years on still have like a random person pop up be like oh will you ever come back to YouTube and I'm like Oh no, probably not. Probably won't. Gosh. But yeah, like people at my work find out now and I've privated everything, but like it never goes away. Wow. But I still think it's, I'm still quite proud of it. I still think when I look back on it, the amount of time and effort I put into it, I'm still quite proud of it, but I'm just keeping it to myself now. Not well, so it's much. Creative. It's a creative process, mm. right? You actually created something. That's Definitely. amazing. I think that's one thing like my dad especially was quite proud of is like, Aww. I did this all kind of by myself. <laughs> type thing which sounds really cringy but I think he was quite chuffed like when you put all that effort into something and then you start getting views and you start getting subscribers and followers and maybe like maybe a brand want to wants to collab with you and it does pay off a bit but it just depends how much time you actually want to put into it it's not so much like a hobby it has to either become your full time or you kind of do it on the side a bit obviously there will be pressure right because it's a, it's a creative process and like you were talking about brand partnerships and things like that. So there's a lot there that you're potentially juggling and, you know, com- com- competitive, right? There's other people in the space. Is there ever any pressure to do or to move in a certain direction which actually doesn't really align with you, you're not comfortable with, or it doesn't feel natural? You know, is there money to be made in certain areas that actually isn't going to work for you? What, what, what does that feel like for somebody working in that space? Um, I'm quite strong rooted in my values and like 
my audience like I try my hardest to respect like the audience that I've built because a lot of these people have grown some people have joined me later on which I understand but some people have joined me like from young I've grown up with some of these people you know some of these people are my age and now they're 25 and I'm like whoa like yeah like people like there's certain usernames I've recognized since I was in sit form and in year 11 and I'm like you still follow me and support me <laughs> and then there's people that are like I had a boom of people that are like young parents, right? And they said they've yeah. been watching me since they were teenagers and now they've got their families and they laugh and think about the video with my dad. And I'm like, whoa, like, so I, I take like the relationship I have with my audience very seriously. And I never, if I feel like working with a brand doesn't make sense, I don't do it. I haven't got a manager or an agent or anything. I, I had a I had an agent up until um, 2019, but um, since then, I've, I've worked independently and I've done everything myself. But I just, yeah, I'm really, when it comes to brands, I can't compromise and pretend to be something I'm not. I feel like it's one of the reasons why I'm lucky enough to still be around because people know I'm not going to change who I am. Yeah. It's interesting if you were to think about educators and young people. So how does a young person form that sense of who is trustworthy or not? You know, they talk about parasocial relationships, that idea that I've, I've connected with somebody online because I feel like they're talking to me. Oh, yeah. Whereas actually they're not talking to me, they're talking to an audience. And, you know, that whole, the concerns that people have about, particularly for young people, that they might be mm-hmm. getting influenced in the wrong direction. I mean, I don't know how we end up trust. you know, I don't know how we make connections if you were to think about those people that you say, I would really trust this person, Ailish, why? What is it that they've done that's made you really trust them? I think it might have been because I used to watch them when I was younger. It's the same with you, man. Mm. You've watched someone from such a young age. You've grown up with them, essentially. And you have that parasocial relationship. But also there's some people I just feel are very genuine people. Like, they'll show the good and the bad, especially if they're, like, vloggers. They, like show the ups and downs of their life rather than just painting everything is like, everything's great. Like I'm having such a fun life. So imagine, Iman, I want you to imagine if you went into a school and you were going to talk to some young people and their teachers about what it's like being you, anything that they should know, what would you say? Um, I'd say be smart. <laughs> the digital footprint is real. You could say something crazy at 14 and that follows you for the rest of your life. Because I've seen people go viral at 14, 15, 16, because they've said some crazy stuff. They've had to completely change the way they look, change their hair and people still recognise them. And it's 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 crazy. But I'd say have fun with it. What about your what about your backup plan, though? Because you talked about going back. You were in sixth year, right? So you were continuing with studies, even though this career was taking off so did you have your kind of plan b um i wouldn't actually i wouldn't actually say i have a plan b because i went to st- i went to the brit school to study on um, broadcast digital comms so it all kind of falls under the same umbrella um uh-huh. so while i was at brit school before i made my transition i was actually being taught how to interview people and i was being taught i already knew how to edit but i was being taught how to edit on different programs i was being taught how to edit like a radio show radio hosting like i was learning all of these things while actually doing it at the Mm -hmm. same time and transitioning into it. So I was lucky enough to go from an environment where it was a bit of a mixed energy towards what I was doing to um, the Brit school, which was probably one of the the greatest two years of my life, honestly. I was supported the whole way through. This is Interface, a podcast for educators about digital and online life from Southwest Grid for Learning. We'll be back with our excellent guests in just a minute. 
thanks for sticking with us. This is Jess Macbeth and Ailish Hunter. Would you recommend your job to other people as a content creator and now a TV presenter? Would you recommend it? Um, I'd say everybody sees the glamorous side of stuff, but it's a grind. It's definitely a grind, especially if you're doing it independent. I, I do everything myself, so I handle my PR. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I negotiate rates. I do my accounting. Like, I do everything. <laughs> And it's not easy. <laughs> so it depends the angle you'd want to go down. I'd say if you're prepared to dedicate to it properly, yeah, for sure. 100% do it. But just realise that it's not all glitz and glamours. I get to enjoy the perks of it. But there's a lot of hard work and rejection behind closed doors. I feel like a lot of people assume because I like get to speak to like the Hollywood stars I speak to on my channel now, that it's all easy. I could share some horror stories, but I won't for now. <laughs> Have you ever questioned if this is what you want to do for the rest of your life Ooh. as a career? Um, I, I always feel like I'll be in the creative space, whether that be content creation or my music as well. But um, no, I don't think I'll ever leave being a creative. I've looked at it at times and it's been quite stressful because I like... I, I don't upload as consistently on YouTube and I'll get messages from like my audience. They'll be like, oh, bro, where's the uploads at? When's the next British slang? When's the next video of your dad? And then I've got like the Nigerian community back home that are like, when are you making more videos of your pops? Like, and I'm like, just just give me some time. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I like to, I honestly, like, I was like, like I said, up until um the COVID virus hit, I was working nonstop for 10 years, traveling across the world, shooting interviews, doing um doing q a's doing all of these things and i had just about got some time to myself to just breathe so i i have taken breaks and i take breaks quite a lot and i feel like it's one of the things that keeps me down to earth like i go and i like spend time with my family i spend time with my friends like i make sure to dedicate time to my friends like especially if i haven't seen them in a while some of my friends were in america and went to play like basketball in america and i had to go made sure i was out there like making sure they were good and all of these things. So like, yeah, I just make sure to take a lot of time out because I feel like I've, I've watched people, which I won't, who I won't, I won't name them, but I've seen people do this and put a lot of time into it. But while putting a lot of time into it, they've got lost in it because it, it's a lot, especially when you see all those numbers. Yeah, especially when you're getting a lot of views, like millions of views and all of that stuff is happening. I've seen people pretty much go get a bit loopy. <laughs> so hmm. yeah, um, it's 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 important to like take a social media detox and just take time to my to myself really, or to take time to yourself. So I feel I feel like I've seen a lot of people, a lot of influencers, especially burn out. Like you're saying, you're working ten years straight, and there comes a point where you do just burn out, and you either run out of ideas or just inspiration to keep doing it I feel like I've seen a lot of YouTubers who I used to be like kind of in a community with they kind of move off of YouTube and more towards Instagram and TikTok because it's shorter forms of content and also it's not as time consuming as like YouTube or they go on like a little break and I'll come back soon because they're like I'm just I'm done for a bit like I've I've worked myself too hard the one thing I would say is that like I do feel like teachers should be taught kind of how to talk to the kids because there might be an influencer in your class or someone who has a TikTok following. And I feel like there should be someone that they should be able to talk to about certain things because 
I'm only speaking from a, I'm on TikTok now, but I'm only speaking from a YouTube perspective. TikTok is a completely different beast. Like it's, it's, you can go viral overnight or in five hours, you could have a viral video of you online. And I feel like one thing that does need to be said to people as well, not to put them down or especially the kids with, like are on TikTok is that you can have that one moment and it, that can be it. Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand the mental strain from going viral and then that being it. Because I've seen so many people before me, they've had a viral moment. They've just rode the viral moment. Nothing else happens. They've tried, but nothing else is happening. They're stagnant. And then boom, that's it. And then they have like the biggest like mental health breakdown because they were chasing something that just never happened again. And I feel like that's something teachers should be trained on in regards to kids as well. So if they get into the TikTok stuff and something crazy happens for them, they can have these conversations and they can be supported through times like this, if you know what I'm saying. I feel like mental health is something that needs to be talked about, especially if if I feel like I have a feeling this could end up like the whole content creation thing could end up on the curriculum at some point. I have a feeling maybe in 10 or 20 years, you'll be able to choose content creation as a GCSE option. Like, mm. I don't know. I could be thinking crazy. I mean, you you guys told me, but I have, I have this feeling that we're going to be there very shortly because all the kids are doing it right now and want to do it. So I feel like it's going to be a career path. And if that does become a thing, like a GCSE option or like an option in general, mm-hmm. I do feel like mental health, like... And like maintaining mental health should be something that's a part of that discussion or that unit or whatever's being taught for sure. Yeah, massively. Because it, it, it's one thing to say like, oh, I'm just like uploading these videos of myself and just having fun. But then if it's not going as well as you think or you start getting some like mean comments or like people, start, yeah. especially on TikTok, I feel like that's massive. People are far more likely to comment anything about you about what you do um that they just don't like and um I feel like a lot of young people definitely don't know how to handle one the success two how to manage their emotions and the whole idea of being a person in the spotlight yeah hate hate like the, the hate culture on TikTok can be crazy like massive that algorithm can push you to an audience that you might have not even intended by mistake and then you're getting called all sorts of names in the comments and all sorts of insults and slurs and and you're like, whoa, okay, wrong wrong side of TikTok, huh? But like, yeah, it's it's these are things that I feel like should be spoken about. And I feel like also the fact that you can go viral for a good reason and you can go viral for a negative reason. But I feel like because of TikTok culture, some people are just so hungry to go viral for any reason at all because they've seen people go viral. There's a lot of right now on TikTok currently, there's a lot of shock factor content where people are doing the absolute craziest things for TikTok views and for engagement and stuff like that. Like harassing people on the roads and going into places they're not meant to be in like and just doing outrageous things for the sake of content. And I feel like- Any press is good press. There you go. A lot of, and that's, I feel like that might be influencing the kids in a way because they see their favorite insane person do it, making content online. And then they think, oh, I need to replicate that. And who know, like, thank God we're in the UK, but in America, there's been situations where people have gone on to try and make that shock factor content. And they've ended up severely injured. <laughs> 
you know? So I feel like there's just, just a couple of things here and there that people need to be taught. Yeah, I suppose, it, I mean, a lot of that, so much of that comes back again to what are young people looking to achieve, what's motivating them, what their fears, what are their desires, what their expectations are. It's all that stuff, isn't it? Your kind of self-image and identity, what you hope to be. Yeah, it is tough. And then who you trust as well. Yeah, of course. So much of it comes back not to the tech, but to those, all that kind of interpersonal stuff, right? So what is the one thing that you like you would really like to do then? Have you got a secret ambition? Like, is there somebody that you want to interview or, you know, one thing that will just, that'll be it. Like, that's it, done. I've, I've achieved. <laughs> mm. The dream, okay, the dream. I have, I have this really big dream of like hosting a late night talk show. I'd love to do Ooh. like a late night talk show, you know, like a, the Mo Gilligan show or like a, a Jimmy Fallon. I would love to be like one of like the first Brits like from my community to be out in like LA or Hollywood having like a late night show. That's, that is the ultimate dream. And if I can achieve that and I'm like, yeah, I'm happy. Well, it starts here, right? Yeah. That's it. You've got it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first. So in, t- in a couple of years time, if we see a man somewhere, we'll be like, well, we started that. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll put you guys on the private jet. You'll be front row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've probably run out of time. Thank you so much. That's been fantastic. No problem. Thank you for having me, honestly. So, Jess, I know this isn't exactly your... Field, um, oh, really? But I was really? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, Sorry. unless you've got a secret TikTok account that you want to share with us all just now. <laughs> what do you think was the most interesting or surprising part from that? Hmm. Do you know some of the some of the things that Amanda was saying at the end? This idea of shock content, you know, go, going viral at any cost, uh, people putting themselves in dangerous situations. Uh, that was worrying to hear that. I mean, that's always been the case, right? But he yeah. he was suggesting that that is a bit of an issue right now. So that was kind of, that was surprising. Oh, the other thing I hadn't thought of was, was the impact on teachers if a child in the school mm-hmm. goes viral? I, like I was thinking about all the other pupils, yeah. what they're going to do. But the idea the teachers start to look at you in a different way. Yeah. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. We always come up with our three key takeaways, don't we? So let's let's mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Have, you, have you got a takeaway for educators listening? I think the first thing that I found as a key takeaway was the pressure to be successful is so overwhelming Mm. the fact that you really kind of measure yourself and how many followers you have or how many views you get it's just it's it's quite scary because you can get burnt out completely from it and like kind of lose who you are um so I think it's definitely important what Iman said that you do need to kind of step back take a break as much as it could be like kind of like your career it doesn't have to be your entire identity because your mental health obviously needs Um, to be taken care of and it's one of the most important parts of it all that you actually do take care of yourself while you enjoy doing this career as well at the same time yeah and I I guess there is that element of maybe for young people for all of us actually it's difficult to see past the stars right it's past the stardom Mm -hmm. to see what the reality is it's like it just looks so amazing and and wonderful and fantastic lifestyle can't really imagine what it's like on a kind of Mm day-to-day basis so bringing that reality in for young people if we can 
I suppose part of that, then, here's another takeaway, um, is this idea that it, it, it takes a lot of hard work. All of the stuff that Iman was talking about in terms of those um, skills mm. and all the things that he's doing, like managing himself, that kind of entrepreneurial stuff, moving in a different direction, mm. thinking about his future career, going into different aspects of the media beyond, you know, having started on, on kind of YouTube, different social media platforms. So all of that... You know, that was, yeah. I'm looking at the person there thinking, wow, you know, he's got his head screwed on. He is using a whole range of skills there in order to basically develop his career. Mm. So again, back to the classroom, bringing that in, um, if you're engaging with young people about about what it takes to become a creator, all of those well, some of it's just hard business skill. Taxes, yeah. right? Yeah. You're paying your taxes. I mean, we had everything in there. So yeah, I hadn't that, even thought that's... about that. Yeah. And at least, you, at least you went to kind of college that kind of led him down this path. But there's a lot of things that you're just kind of like fend for yourself. It feels like you figure it out on the way. Yeah. Which is. It did feel a bit like, yeah, like I kind of had this sense of people crashing and burning mm. as he's going along. There's other people just, it's not, yeah. you know, there's a few that, that break through. Sometimes it is just luck, I think. Mm. If you've got the right kind of personality and kind of idea, mm-hmm. you're sorted. But I feel like my last kind of takeaway was it's quite a daunting thought that students and young people who are aspiring to do this can go viral overnight, but it might not be for the reason they want. It could be good or bad. And mm. they might not be getting the audience or the attention that they were hoping for. And then all of a sudden you've got a wave of hate and people picking apart everything you do. And I think there's a there should be a real focus in schools, especially if the um, teachers are a lot of people's um, main support, that there needs to be a lot of support and kind of mental health and how to support them if they do have that kind of one-hit wonder success overnight and then it just drops and they don't know how to carry on or how to keep going with it type thing yeah I think the highs a, and lows yeah yeah, mm. yeah. I think it's it, it does seem great but also Iman did say there's lots of rejection I think if there's um there's that support from teachers kind of at the base level supporting not only kind of their ambitions as well as like their mental health I think that's key for kind of young people wanting to do this sort of career absolutely I really hope this episode of Interface has been useful If you want to learn more about TikTok, we have an episode with Alexandra Evans, their head of safety, that you can go back and listen to. Thanks so much for being with us. You will always find links in the show notes of these episodes to learn more about each topic. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app so episodes are automatically downloaded to your device when they are released. And we need your help. The more people that listen to Interface, the more chance we've got of being able to keep sharing the advice and support as we do. So please recommend us to a friend or fellow educator. And you can find us on social media at SWGFL underscore official on both Twitter and Instagram. Interface is a podcast series from SWGFL, part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. This is Jess Macbeth with Ailish Hunter. Interface is produced by Caris Wall with sound design by Joel Cox and original music from Alex Fraser. It's a bespoken media production. Produced by Bespoken Media.